Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. It only takes a minute to change your life. The minute you make a decision and move in a new direction is the minute you change your life. You may not reach your destination in a minute, but you certainly can change your direction in a minute. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me. Can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it give account if i abuse it just a tiny little minute but an eternity is in it hello everybody this is dr willie jolly coming to you and i am excited about another opportunity to come to you to share with you some ideas some strategies and and some influencing thoughts that will help you to be empowered and live a better greater grander exciting life so this is a time when i'm excited about just being able to be on with you and i hope you're ready for a great show i've got a guest on who's going to really impact you. I can't wait for this interview. I've been waiting for this interview. Now, let me tell you how this all came to be. Many of you know I have been traveling a lot between the radio show. I get back in town to do the radio show. Then I'm back out again speaking. A couple weeks or so ago, I was speaking in Miami. Now, let me tell you, I was speaking in Miami. I was for the Get Motivated seminars. You know those big seminars that Zig Ziglar used to be the big, the main uh, draw, him and Colin Powell. And they, they go around to arenas all over the country. Well, I got an invitation to be uh, uh, one of the speakers at that rally in Miami, and they put me in the spot of my mentor, my friend, who passed away, Zig Ziglar. They put me in his spot in the morning. I was so honored. I was so excited. Well, prior to my speaking there, though, that day, I went to lunch with a gentleman uh, who I met at the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, where I'd spoken the week before. And he had said, you know, I'm, I'm in Miami. When you get there, I would like to come and pick you up and your wife up and take you out to lunch. I said, OK. So he came and took us to lunch and we went by Seaside right there on the on the bay. And as we sat on the bay, he started telling us about success how he's become one of the top developer, the developers in Miami and how he's built this business. And then he gave me a quote. He said something and it was so profound. I said, wow. And he said, man, that's from my, my, a book I read called Thou Shall Prosper by a gentleman named Rabbi Daniel Lapin. 
I said, what was, what? I, I never heard it. Well, how did I miss that? I know, I, I thought I knew all of the great books. He said, this one, if you hadn't gotten it in your hand, this one is one of the ones that you need to have. Thou shall prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And so it is the Ten Commandments for making money. And then he said, you know, he has another book called Business Secrets from the Bible. And he talks about the fact that the Bible not only has great strategies for being successful, but why is it? And this is what we're going to dwell on today. Why is it? That the Jewish culture makes up about 4%, maybe 5% of the American population, yet control over 40% of the wealth. What it is it? What is it? And why is it that this is not just a once-in-a-lifetime happenstance, but this has been going on for generations and generations? What are the cultural or what are the uh, economic mindset secrets that they know that others might not know? And he has put it in his book. It's an incredible book. It's called Thou Shall Prosper. It is 10 Commandments for Making Money. Whoo, Folks, I'm honored to have him as my guest, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Rabbi, are you there? I am, Dr. Jolly, and thank you very much for the invitation. I've been so looking forward to this. Well, man, I tell you, that was, when that gentleman went into great detail about this book and he was raving about the book and what impact it had on him as a developer making money, and he's African-American, he said, but this book is off the chain. He said, they, the, the, so give me, I gave you the, I gave a little bit of the, let me tell folks a little more about you. Uh, he is a world-renowned rabbi, a noted uh, rabbinic scholar, best-selling author, host of the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show. He's America's most eloquent speaker and his ability ability to talk about the Bible from a Jewish and Christian perspective. In 2007, Newsweek magazine, including him on his list of America's 50 most influential rabbis. He uh, has he has uh, started a, a, a orthodox synagogue in California. He uh, has been traveling around the world. He speaks all over. He's spoken at the Family Research Council at Crystal Cathedral. I was at the Crystal Cathedral. I know how, how challenging even to get on that stage. Harvard Law School, Heritage Foundation, United States Army. Uh, I mean, just one after another. Uh, insurance, uh, Prudential Insurance, the 1996 Republican National Convention, Voices. I mean, one after another. He has done incredible things. His books have been translated in multiple languages. You have been a, a success story, but you can tell us a little more about who you are, where you, are, where you come from, and how you came to write these incredible books. Uh, well, you know, it... it it was from a realization that uh, a lot of people, a lot of Christian friends of mine, who knew that I wouldn't in any way suspect them of having even a microscopic morsel of bigotry in their hearts, uh, asked me, what is it about Jews and money? Mm. And I knew the questions were sincere and well-intentioned, and I suddenly realized that if anybody is going to ask and answer this question honestly, it would have to be a, a Jewish rabbi, because if anyone else would do it, it would be called bigotry. Right. How dare you suggest Jews are good with money, like, because i got eyes in my head? <laughs> and so I often joke that uh, this, this book could only have been written by a circumcised Jew, and so this could be the only time in all of academia that bigotry was converted to research by removing a little piece of skin. So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, I began the work, and I realized that, uh, that I could honestly analyze this. And I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I even considered, I, I was open to anything when I started the work. 
I was open to the possibility that Jews routinely rip people off. I mean, after all, the old Oxford English Dictionary uh, defines the word Jew as a verb, as in to Jew somebody, mm. meaning to rip them off. Hmm. And, um, and so I ended up interviewing not tens, but hundreds of people who were of not Jewish background all around the country, in the South, in the West, in the Northeast. Uh, I wanted to talk to people who'd had long-time business relationships with Jews, and I said to them, honestly, did you get ripped off? And uh, I discovered exactly what I'm sure you intuitively would have guessed, which is that, you know, the Jews, like everyone else, have their Madoffs and their bad apples, but for the most part, um, Jews do business honorably and uh, and and uh, honestly, uh, just like most other groups. Right. So that wasn't the explanation for why Jews did well. And then, I mean, is it because Jews are circumcised? In which case, I think a lot of men would prefer poverty. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, it's you know, it's not that. Uh, how about the possibility that um, it's genetic? You know, the idea here is that Cossacks killed all the poor Jews in Russia, leaving the rich ones with the money gene in their sperms to reproduce. And of course, I mean, it's, you know, it's a dumb racist explanation, and right. uh, there's no, absolutely no basis for it. And, uh, and it's obvious to see that uh, that is not a biological or racial thing at all. Could it have been intelligence? You know, maybe Jews are super intelligent. Well, that was an easy one to test. All I had to do was go to the most intelligent category of Americans, namely people who serve on the faculties of America's main universities. And I discovered something which will not come as a shock to any of our listeners, which is that very few people are as bad at managing money than academics. Right. And so clearly, uh, you know, while obviously you, you, you know, you can't be super dumb and make money, but on the other hand, being super smart is actually an impediment to mm. making money. That's mm. why we have set phrases like, too smart for his own good. Mm. And, and the reason for that is that, uh, you know, if, if, if you and I are, are going to uh, do business together and find ways we can collaborate, that's only going to happen if we like each other and if we trust each other. Right. But if either of us has the feeling that the other party has a sort of hidden agenda and that your mind is going twice as fast as mine and you're seeing things I'm not seeing, it makes me uncomfortable. I'd rather just go along and do business with somebody who I feel more of an equal to. Right. That's exactly right. And, and that's what we mean when we say, you know, too smart for his own good. Um, the, the truth is that super smart people make those of us who are in the, in the middle range of ordinary folks you know, just a little uncomfortable. So the uh, the Sam Waltons of the world, the guy who, who came up with the idea for Walmart, just an ordinary guy who drove a pickup truck, and uh, and the same is true. Now, are there outliers? Yes, there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett happen to be off the charts on IQ. But that's once in an epoch. That's not for you and me. That's not for ordinary folks. Uh, the truth is that most super smart people do not make a lot of money, hmm. just as most super dumb folks. You know, Forrest Gump, you've got to remember, it was a movie. Right. You know, folks who are, are sort of low, very low on the range, you know, don't turn into tycoons. They just don't. But the, the overwhelming majority of us in the middle, all wow. those with a functional range of intelligence who, you know, can 
get up in the morning and catch a bus and go to work, but there's no reason. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to come right back. We're going to take yeah. a quick break because we want to talk more about these concepts that he brought up. He's leading down a path, folks. I want y'all to stay connected because he's leading you somewhere in this conversation about it's not the super smart, not the super dumb, it's not the, the uh, academics. What is it? Why is it? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. Willie Jolly Show on Wealthy Way Show on Sirius XM and for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and we are on today with Rabbi Daniel Lappin, the author of the books, Thou Shall Prosper, Ten Commandments for Making Money, and the book, Business Secret from the Bible, Spiritual Success Strategies for Financial Abundance. And let me tell you, folks, these books, I, I've met people who've been raving about these books. And uh, Rabbi, where can people get your books or, or, and get more information about you? Uh, well, I, I have a website where they can read more about uh, me as well as my books, uh, as well as some, uh, some audio abundance uh, programs. And the, the website's real easy to remember. Nobody forgets it, you see, because uh, it's called you need a rabbi mm, I love that you need a I love it I love it I love it okay so you were sharing with us super smart not necessary well, yeah, right. we, I mean it was pretty obvious to arrive at the conclusion that it was you know all these um, bogus explanations for why two percent of America's population and yet you know 50, 60, 70, 100 people on the Forbes 400 list are Jewish, it doesn't make sense. There has to be an explanation. Right. And once I'd ruled out all the, uh, the bogus, dumb explanations, uh, there was only one that was left. And uh, I tested it rigorously until I was sure it was absolutely correct. And that explanation is that, you know, they called Jews the people of the book. And that is because uh, we have loved and treasured and studied and revered uh, the, the, the scripture, the Bible, uh, for 3,000 years. Mm. And embedded in that book were thousands of tip 2,600 to be precise, uh, tips, tools, and techniques. Mm. And my job then was to capture that, condense it, and translated into two books, Thou Shall Prosper and Business Secrets from the Bible, so as that 
everybody of every background can immediately begin implementing these principles and making them make a difference. Now, look, I'll be honest. I mean, we're not talking about, um, you know, uh, overnight wealth. This is not a promise that, you know, you pray to God for a Ferrari and then you'll find one parked in your driveway tomorrow. Because most times when you pray to God for a Ferrari, he does answer you. He says no. (laughs) And, um, And that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about a very simple principle here. It's a principle that flows from um, a, an early understanding of the Old Testament, which is, you know, what does God think about money? Mm. You've got to know that. Uh, does, you know, was God distracted by some trouble spot in Europe? And then when he next looked down at us, we'd invented money, and he said, oh, I can't believe, look what they've gone and done. Or was money an original part of God's plan for human interaction. Hmm. And in the same way that if, you know, you were in Miami recently, and uh, and uh, so was I. I was in Miami uh, uh, President's Day weekend. And I, I love swimming in the Atlantic down there. But, but there sometimes are currents off uh, southeast Florida. And the rule is very simple, and that is that uh, you must swim with the current. <laughs> Mm. Not, don't try and fight it, because if you try and fight it, you'll become exhausted and you'll get nowhere. Right. Well, God built a financial current mm. into human affairs. You can fight it, and you'll spend your life probably working very hard in futility, achieving very little. Or you can learn to swim with the current. And if you can flow with the financial current, then everything changes. Mm. And so, you know, how do we do that? How do we find that financial current? And when we do that, what do we expect? Do we expect uh, that all of a sudden next week we're going to have a lot of money? No, of course not. But we do say, wow, if I start now, I can make the second quarter of, 2000 and, of, of 2050 really good. I can make the third and fourth quarters of the year outstanding. Uh, I can really turn this year into the best financial year I've ever had. That's the way to be thinking. Right. And so we uh, we can then go through. We can actually take a look at some of these principles if you'd like to do I that. I like that. Let's do that. That's because that's what I'm wanting. I want some. The, I know everybody now, they are sitting on the edge of their seat. They got their pens and paper out. They're ready to get this information. So go to work, Rabbi. Go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Um, okay. So, um, uh, I, I'm not taking them in any particular order because I, I lay the course out uh, in the books and there's an order there. But because you and I only have a, a little blessed time with our audience today, I want to hit uh, just a, a couple of high-impact principles in no, in no particular order. So let's take a look at this over here. Look, um, in, uh, in May 1953, a guy called Roger Bannister... Uh, ran a mile in under four minutes. Never yes. happened before. Yes. Never happened. It was so improbable that all the doctors said that the effort would kill a human being. No human being could run a four-minute mile. And in fact, I've seen the Pathy newsreel footage as Roger Bannister broke the tape at 3.59, the, uh, and, now, and he, he sort of dropped down onto the grass panting. The announcer said, ah, as the doctors predicted, the great runner Roger Bannister is dead, died doing what he loved. Wow. <laughs> well, of course, as you know, he, he went on to a, a very successful medical career from which he just retired recently. But the point is, how many people 
ran the mile since Roger Bannister did it 60 years ago. Numerous uh, numbers. And the answer is not tens. The answer is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of athletes, professional and amateur, routinely run the four-minute mile. Now, I'm not saying I could do it, but it's perfectly doable. Right. How come nobody did it before May 1953? And everyone knows the answer. The answer is very simple. Nobody believed that mm. it could be done. The only thing that's changed between now and then is expectations. Mm. And that is critically important. We have to, deep down in our hearts, understand. And the reason is because most of us have been indoctrinated by entertainment and by politics to believe that financial success is evidence of immorality. Mm -hmm. We've been trained by culture and by politics to believe that poor people are virtuous, Dr. Jolly, automatically. All poor people are virtuous. Mm. But it isn't true. Many poor people are complicit in their own calamity. Many poor people are mean and horrible individuals. And many financially successful people are wonderful, compassionate, kind human beings. How much money you have is not only no indication of your virtue, but the process of creating wealth is closer to a virtuous conduct than it is to anything else. And what I mean by this is the following. We have to understand that if we deep down believe that the only way to make money is to be greedy and to step on other people, then as decent people, we are fatally handicapped in our quest to make money because who wants to subconsciously think of ourselves as horrible people? We all think of ourselves as good people. Now, this is one of the reasons that I'm going to say something now that everybody listening is going to relate to, and that is that when somebody you've done a job for, I don't care if you mowed their lawn or if you fixed their plumbing or you did their books or solved their legal problem, when they say to you, um, so how much do I owe you, a lot of us feel uncomfortable. And a lot of us sort of hum and horn. We can't get out the number simply and straightforwardly. As if somebody were going to say, you know, do you think it's going to rain today? I'd say, no, I don't think so. Maybe tomorrow. If somebody says, so how much do I owe you? Like, well, you know, have you ever noticed, like, people always start the answer, well, why don't you just say $140, please? Because, <laughs> yeah. because we've all been conditioned to believe that financial transactions are somebody taking money from somebody else. In fact, let me read a quote, folks, and then we're going to take a quick break uh, for station identification. But this is one of the quotes out of his book, uh, page 153. It says, I once had the opportunity to discuss with the brilliant George Mason University professor of economics, Walter Williams. His definition of money reminded it remained with me and became part of my business seminars. He said, take out a dollar bill and look at it. Now, pat yourself on your back because you are looking at a certificate of performance. If you did not rob or steal from anyone to attain, obtain that dollar, if you neither defrauded uh, anyone nor persuaded your government to seize it from a fellow citizen and give it to you, then you could only have obtained that dollar in other way, in, an, in another way. You must have pleased someone else. How true are those words? Whether you please the client, 
parent, a customer, or your boss. That money is testament to your having pleased another human being. Having money is not shameful. It is a certificate of good performance granted to you by your grateful fellow citizens. Good God Almighty. When I read that, I had to mark it and earmark that page and say, absolutely. Folks, notice he said that I went right to that page because I've been reading this book. This is an awesome book. I'm telling y'all, this is an awesome book. One thing after another has just struck me. Some stuff has struck me. One thing that uh, you said at the beginning, uh, Rabbi, that really made me have to read about five times when you said, um, you're here to serve me. Yes. <laughs> Oh, what is he saying? What? He said, you're here, here to serve me. And, yeah, and Exactly. Look, we Jews do not pray to God saying, oh, please, God, I need $600 to pay the, uh, the rent this month, and I need another $200 to pay the car payment. So please, God, could you, could you find me another $800 this month? We don't do that. Here's what we do do. Please, God, can you open my eyes for ways in which I can serve more of your other children. The money will come by itself. All you got to do is serve other people. All you got to do is be focused. Look, Dr. Jolly, I'm, you know, I'm sure you've had a speak as I have at, at various uh, graduation ceremonies and commencement day ceremonies where, you know, everybody is giving young graduates, people who are leaving school, these sort of, oh, follow your dreams. I don't do that. I don't do that. That's a lie. You shouldn't tell people to follow their dreams. Look, my dream is fishing, and I don't find anybody yet willing to pay me to spend my day going fishing. <laughs> that's my dream. But that's not a career path to follow your dreams. Here's what your career path should be. Find out what your fellow citizens, what God's other children around you most urgently need to improve their lives. Set about delivering it and then learn to love doing so. Hold that thought. Woo! Great idea. We're going to take a station identification. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for years, I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. Wow, we're back, and I'm here with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Well, da Rabbi, um, you talk throughout the book, the Ten Commandments. So one of them is serve others. Uh, you, you, you say expect and believe. So belief is, the, is a primary. You've got to believe it. And, you know, Scripture talks about whether you're in the Old Testament or New Testament. As a Christian, we talk about as you believe, so shall it be done unto you. Uh, yes. uh, say unto this mountain, uh, I believe that you will be moved, and it shall be moved. And so we understand that most of 
the principles of success are built on your belief system. Your belief system, your strategy or your ability to believe big uh, creates a willingness to work big, do big, and to think big so that you can achieve big. But it starts with belief. I like that, belief and expectation. And then also that you serve more. The more you serve, the more you succeed. The more you serve, the more you succeed. What else, Rabbi, do we need to know? Well, uh, another very important principle is that, um, that, you know, you think for a moment, what is the most important organ on our body for making money? Hmm. Let's, you know, leaving aside the brain for the moment, because uh, it's not just an organ, that's the, the seat of the soul. But let's, uh, let's speak about organs. What, what is the most important part of my body when it comes to making money? Um, it's, you know, it's not, it's not my torso. You know, unless I found work as a swimsuit model, mm-hmm. which I tried for once and they turned me down, which is just evidence of how much anti-Semitism there still is. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, the, the most important organ for making money is my mouth. Mm. Because every time I make money, it's because I have communicated with another person and found out what they need persuaded them that I can provide a solution to what they need, and then we've made that agreement. But uh, this is one of the reasons that uh, air travel still exists and why smart investors like John Templeton bought airline stocks right after 9-11, because they knew that regardless of the urgencies and uh, and terror of, of that day and of that week, the day will come soon where people will resume traveling because business transactions take place when one human being sits down and talks to another human being. Right. And as good as Skype is and as good as phones are, it still is needed for people to actually talk to one another, ideally in person, but still talking. So uh, ancient Jewish wisdom has a very important principle for helping people get the gift of the gab, to get more articulate mm. and to be able to speak more fluently this is very very important uh, one of the principles that uh, we teach is that you've got to stop using obscenities and vulgarities in your speech mm-hmm. now people sometimes say to me oh rabbi lap and calm down you know stop coming across all rabbi on us uh, we're, we're, when we're out with our buddies, we, that's how we talk. We, you know, we use F-bombs and we use four-letter words. and we, It's just how we talk. But you know, I'm not stupid. When I'm interviewing for a job or when I'm meeting with a prospect, I don't use those words. And my explanation straight from Scripture is, is very, very helpful. Namely, of course I don't think you're going to use those words when you are in front of a prospect. I know you won't. But what you don't know is that as your brain processes the substitution of the F-bomb for a more socially acceptable word, you think that happens instantaneously. But to the rest of us watching you and listening to you, there is a tiny, tiny fractional pause while your brain seeks an alternative word. You're not even aware of that pause. To us, that pause comes across as insincerity. Hmm. And so you've got to get rid of profanity and vulgarity and, uh, and, um, and obscenity 
in your language completely because, and again, you know, I'm, I'm being very candid here, not because it makes God angry, but because it'll make you poor. It'll prevent you from succeeding. Another aspect is this. You've got to stop watching so much television. Mm. Television absolutely destroys your communicative ability. Mm. And instead of that, what you have to do is read. That's why your mother and my mother used to say, stop watching television and go and get a book. Mm -hmm. Because somehow in mother's school, they knew that reading a book develops your communicative ability. Watching TV obliterates it. Mm. And so I'm going to give the single most important piece of advice now that our listeners are going to get, if not this hour, maybe this whole day. Here it is. Read aloud from a good book for 20 minutes at a time, four times a week. Just do an hour to an hour and a half of reading aloud. Maybe, maybe your spouse is, would be happy to have you read to them at bedtime. Many people like that. Maybe it's a kid. Just pick a good book. It can be the good book if you like, or it can be any good book with with good sentence structure, good grammar, good uh, good um, vocabulary. And when your own ears hear your own mouth articulating words and sentences for 20 minutes at a time, four times a week, in six weeks, your friends are going to start saying to you, boy, you know, you're sounding different. It's This is a simple thing to understand. It's a little harder to have the willpower to do, and that's why one of the principles I teach in uh, Business Secrets from the Bible is how to develop the willpower mm. to be able to do the things that your head tells you you have to do, but your heart says, yeah, leave me alone. I'd rather watch TV. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's amazing. Now, the, all of these are biblical principles, and they are principles that you find right in the Bible, and as a Jew, you were taught these principles as a child uh, through your uh, your studies for being bar uh, bar misfit. I mean, tell you where do you where is it instilled in you that these are principles for life and for success? Um, in many cases, it's uh, it's around the dinner table. Um, it's on the Shabbat on Saturday on the Sabbath, because that's one of the reasons that we don't do business on Saturday. We also don't use electronic equipment. So it's really wonderful that there's one day in the week where I'm not on email, I'm not on my phone, and I'm just with family and friends, and I'm with my books. You know, and, now, uh, I've got to say, I have to take a moment here. I went recently to a bat misfit of a dear friend of mine, her daughter, and I uh, had my phone in my and and I, I pulled it out, and they all said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. You have to put that away. That's, that's not going to happen here today. That's, that's one thing. That's exactly right. And second thing was when the, through the bat mitzvah uh, ceremony, I noticed how the rabbi was in instructing and inspiring and instilling in the young people that money and business was good it was not only good it was uh it's it's shameful to do anything other than be successful in the gifts you've been given with life and now that you am i right yeah, right look let, let me put it this way if a young person comes to us 
and says, Dr. Jolly and Rabbi Lappin, you know, you, you two guys, you seem to look at the world very similarly. I'm planning my future, and I want to consult with you guys. Um, tell me how you feel. I've got two choices. I, I can either go ahead and apprentice myself in business, and I, you know, don't even have to go to college for this or anything. I just, I have to find a, a good business person, a good business professional, and I have to attach myself to him or her, work for them, work in their company, and learn a business and become a successful business professional, and that way I'll end up making a lot of money. Uh, the other way I can go is public service where I won't be thinking of myself, and I won't be greedy thinking of how much money I'll make. I want to go into public service. Well, immediately at that point, Jolly and Lappin say, uh, now, let's just clarify, you're actually using a euphemism there. When you say public service, is that because you don't want to say politics? Because that's what you really mean. You want to go into politics. That's what you mean by public service, is it not? Well, yes. Okay. So I've got a choice now. I've got to think to myself, do I want this nice human being standing in front of me to go into government, which means that there's now two more hands reaching for my wallet, or do I want this person to go into business, in which case all his or her ingenuity is going to be focused on finding ways to make my life better? What sort of choice is it? This is the big difference between government and business. Government can take my money without my permission. The business professional only gets my money if he earns it, and I wish to give it to him in exchange mm. for the ways in which he improves my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, folks, this is absolutely right on. You know, we, we want you to be wealthy. We want you to listen we to do. this show. Absolutely. And to learn strategies and principles. And these principles exactly are right. We are, our money is generated by the service we give, the value we give in the marketplace. No value, no money. As I tell people, they say, you know, uh, what should I charge? When speakers come and want to um, uh, get training from me, they come to my boot camp, they come to my speakers trainings. And I say, okay, first thing, you got to create value for the cu customer. The more value, the more money. Now, if you go to them and say, uh, I don't have any particular value, a dollar too much. You shouldn't give you a dollar. But if you give them great value, then maybe $100,000 is not enough. It depends on the value you bring to the marketplace. So always try and up your value, up your, your service, what you're doing to give, and be thoughtful of that. Be thinking of that. One other thing I want to say that while we write on it is in my business, in our organization, I have a mantra. I have a mission statement that says we have a, we have a call on our business, on our lives, to do two things. To, to make a great difference and make a great amount of money get a great difference and make a great profit if we if we miss on either one of them we have missed the mark because we can't continue to make a great difference if we don't have money to support our work and we can't just make money without making a difference because it becomes shallow so what we want to do is both it gives us balance and it gives us a mission and a message that we want to make a lot of money and then make a huge difference so people will know we came this way and that's with this book and let me read another quote from this book folks oh it's i got so many dog-eared i mean i have so much that i have have uh just made notes and and just and this is from the thou shalt prosper i also have notes in the other one but uh begin embracing your 
these two relative notions. You are in business. And the occupation of business is moral, noble, and worthy. I just I can't dwell on this enough. Enough. If your life is uh, bifurcated into the work arena and the social arena, with the two never meeting, not even in your own mind, then re- re- remedying this remedying this gap is one of the most important repair jobs you should undertake immediately that we many times and I think part of this I have to say it in all reality is many times we have poor theologies we've taught poor theologies the piety is poverty theology and that's bad and you got to get in your mind and stop looking at all the bad stuff on television I love in the book you talk about the movies that have made uh, mockery of being successful and made the always the evil guy the businessman um, and yet this is where we are able to support all of the charities and works that are needed to be done because of those people who have means who bless others with them we'll be right back we got a quick break oh this is some good stuff we got more from rabbi daniel lapin and his incredible books and i want you to stay tuned for the rest of this because it's going to change your life Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech. And I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire. WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. If you're not on my newsletter at uh, WillieJolly.com, I want you to go so you can get the 
pearls from every week's interviews I send out in a newsletter, the things that struck me, sometimes the things that you might not have thought of or you might not even heard. I, I'll extract out of these conversations pearls that I send out to all my readers around the globe and say, this is a great in- interview that you must go and get. And also I'll tell them where they can get the book. So, uh, Rabbi, again, where shall they, where can they get your book, Thou Shall Prosper, or the book, uh, or good book, both book and the book, Business Secrets from the Bible, uh, both of them are on Wiley. Tell them where they can get those books. Yeah, sure. Um, best place is to visit my website at www.youneedarabbi.com. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And do you also give speeches and uh, people can bring you in for their uh, organizations? Yes, I do. That's all, all that stuff is on youneedarabbi.com. People can find out about that. Great, great. All right. Now, we, we only should, got... We should do something together. We got to do... We're going to do something together. Cause I just found out, folks, he's in. He's now in Baltimore area, so we're going to do something together. We've both been on the Crystal Cathedral. We've both been on the Hour of Power. We both uh, had a lot of connections, and I, I'm so grateful to the gentleman in Miami. I'm going to call him today and tell him that uh, I met you and that I made this connection. I've got the books and I'm, 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 I'm reading them. I'm going through them and I'm being changed. My thinking, my thinking to the next level. I need another level. You know, folks, I'm telling you, you should be reading more. He said it more, just so wonderfully. Read more. I'm on a campaign this year to read 50 books this year. 50 books. And so I'm hustling to get them in. I've taken speed reading courses. I'm doing all I can. So it makes a difference. Because what you're doing is you're taking a brain transplant from that person's brain who wrote this book, who maybe took a year, two years to write a book, and you're putting it in your brain within a couple days of reading it or a week or whatever time it takes to read it. So do brain transplants as often as you can, at least once a month, from somebody else's brain to your brain. Rabbi, let's talk about this. these next principles. What is it? Why is it that 2% of the American population, or the world population, I mean, uh, 2% of the world population has become one of the most prolific money-making groups in the world. What is it? Well, look, the answer is something that will be easier for Americans who are comfortable with the Judeo-Christian faith to understand. But the truth is it doesn't make any difference. You can be an atheist, you can be uh, any faith at all. Um, You know, it's, it's like the principles of gravity, right? Uh, if you uh, if you step out of a window on the 20th floor, you are going to fall down with increasing velocity until you suddenly stop on the sidewalk. Now, that's going to be true whether or not you believe in gravity. <laughs> <It's got> nothing, <laughs> you, it has nothing to do with whether you believe it. It's just a reality. All right. So we're talking about principles that God built into the world, just like gravity. They're Mm. absolutely reliable, and it makes absolutely no difference whether you believe in them or not. The only reason I I, I talk about them is because I want people to understand that, you know, I'm not this sort of brilliant guy who sat in a room one day and figured all this out. I I didn't. All I'm doing is translating from the Hebrew, from the Lord's language, into into terminology and principles that everyone can understand and everyone can access, and I've put it in a very easily digestible format so people can introduce it. And, you know, one of the secrets here, I think, is very important to understand that we're not talking about a set of tricks. We're also not talking about prosperity theology that, you know, just, you know, if, if you, you know, just to try and attract what you want. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, things like that are simply nonsense. It's, it's not how the world really works at all. 
So this isn't about uh, just praying for stuff. No, this is about swimming with God's financial current. Mm. Um, this was also not about a bunch of cheap tricks. You know, learn how to do this, learn how to do that, learn how to cold call, learn how to... No, it's, it's none of that at all. You basically have to change yourself into a different person. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you'll realize that if you look at people who have been financially successful, you'll see they're different mm-hmm. from everybody else. They're different. It's not that they know different tricks. It's that they are different inside. Mm. And so this is very much a process of manifesting your authenticity. This is not this is not superimposing a bunch of cheap strategies on your head. No, this is becoming a different person. And when you become a different person, then you figure out how to make people know you, get to know a lot of people, how to get people to like you, how to get people to trust you, mm. how to focus on ways you can serve people. Um, Dr. Jolly, you know, you will have noticed that uh, that Jewish people very often have last names that tell what the family's business used to be. Today, this is no longer the case. Right. But um, uh, Lou Wasserman, the late Lou Wasserman, who created the, the great uh, entertainment complex called Universal, uh, his, uh, his, his name was Wasserman. That's because the family back in Poland were in the water business. Wasser in German is water. They wow. used to sell water. There were no water pipes in those days. You didn't have faucets. A guy went around the streets with a wagon selling, selling water. Uh, people whose name is Goldman, uh, Silverman, um, uh, Drucker, all of these names specify what they did. And that's why each and every one of us must be really comfortable uh, announcing and advertising and telling folks how we can improve their lives. Mm. What we do for God's other children, that's central and vital. You've got to feel comfortable and proud of what you do. Mm. And um, then uh, something else is you, you, you've got to understand money. You know, if you want to go fishing, um, I, I try and catch salmon, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not very good at it, but... Until I actually learned something about fish and how salmon function, I was hopeless. Money's like that as well. If you don't understand what it is, it's extremely difficult to get it to flow toward you. Right. And, um, and, and I, I know we probably don't have much time left in this particular program, so, so, so guide me because I really I wanted to draw. Well, we got about, uh, right now we got about four minutes, so. Oh, okay, good. All right, so look. Um, You've got a terrific, you've got a several terrific books, but one of your favorites that, that I love is your book, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks. Ah, yes. Okay, that book was, uh, was beautiful and is beautiful. Um, one of the principles, and gosh, I hope I'm not confusing it with another one of your books, but I'm pretty sure that it was in that book you had this great idea uh, that everybody should understand, which is that your pride can poison your prosperity. Oh, that's it. You got it. That's exactly right. That's exactly okay, so right. You put your finger there on one of the principles in ancient Jewish wisdom. Hmm. Because your pride immediately makes you a non-likable person, hmm. among other things. And, uh, and if, so obviously, God is saying, I want people to cooperate. I want people to get on with each other. I want people to collaborate and cooperate together. And I'm going to create this incredible blessing of financial abundance as an incentive Mm. 
to make people do this. And, um, and so understanding how this works, understanding that uh, collaboration and specialization are part of God's plan, mm. that if my job is, uh, I'm a selling professional, all right? I, I, I sell uh, um, Caterpillar tractor trucks. Any time I spend doing bookkeeping, I may be saving the money of hiring a bookkeeper, but I'm costing myself much more in not doing what I should be doing. Right. So God's plan is for us to all work with each other and let each person do what he does best. All right, I, I used to love working on my car, but then I began to realize this, it's really a dumb thing, and Mrs. <laughs> Lappin didn't raise a dumb Jewish boy. Yes. Why would I do that? It doesn't make sense because the German mechanic downtown will do a better job in half the time and whatever he charges me isn't even close to how much money I could make if I do my specialty during that time instead of lying under my car. Right, right. And so again that's that's a very useful principle. You got to you got to look at your time, you got to look at at your life, don't waste it on television, don't waste it doing things that are not your skill partner with somebody else right 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 Ooh, this is good stuff oh this is good stuff oh my goodness okay well, you know we only got a minute left last closing thoughts I, I we're gonna come we're gonna have to have you back at some point i'm just gonna have you have you back and then i'm telling you now so i'm speaking into the resistance i know how the how the word works the works is speak and it shall be you got to speak good into your life speak good into your future we're going to speak that he and i are going to do an event together and yeah, we we'll we'll do an event and then we'll make it accessible available uh for people who might not be in the in the washington baltimore area by uh internet we're going to make this happen. This is going to happen. Last closing thoughts, Rabbi. Well, just that, just that very point. You know, people are probably saying to themselves, like, what are these two guys talking about? They, they've not even met. This is the first time they've actually spoken with each other. Okay, they've read each other's books and so on, but like, how can they talk about doing an event together? And people don't understand that what unifies us is not how much hair we got on our head or the color of our skins or whether we both like the same sports. No. What unifies us is a set of fundamental beliefs, and that is that through using the Word, mm -hmm. through using the principles that the Creator built into His children, we can make people's lives better. And we're passionately driven by that. We're passionately driven by the concept that making money is a good thing, and we can help you do it. And because we share that vision, we know we're going to get along. We know we're going to do something together. Absolutely. That's it. Rabbi, you have been incredible. Thank you so much. Folks, go to INeedARabbi.com. I need a rabbi. You, Get these you books. You need a rabbi. I need a you. You Oh, need you. I'm sorry. You need a rabbi. I'm sorry. You need a rabbi. Y-O-U. I need one right now. But you need a rabbi.com. You need a rabbi. And remember that Thou Shall Prosper, Business Secret from the Bible, are books I highly recommend. Rabbi, thank you so much. God bless you. And thank I will you, look Dr. to talk Kelly. to you thank soon. You. And we're going to get together and get a date on our schedule to make this happen. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'm just, yeah, we will do that. All right. God bless you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.